Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Monday, April 1st. In today's news, Joe Biden issues a second statement after being accused of unwanted touching. Justin Fairfax takes a polygraph. And Slovakia elects its first female president. But first, the big idea. On Sunday, the White House doubled down on President Trump's threat to close the border with Mexico in response to the tide of migrants trying to reach the U.S. They've doubled down despite warnings that doing so would cripple the American economy and hurt consumers. Sealing the border with Mexico, America's third largest trading partner, would disrupt supply chains for major U.S. automakers, trigger swift price increases for grocery shoppers, and invite many lawsuits against the federal government. But two of the president's top aides nonetheless defended the threat on the Sunday shows. Acting White House Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney said on ABC's This Week that it would take something dramatic to persuade the president to abandon his plans to close the border. And Kellyanne Conway insisted on Fox News Sunday that the president's threat, quote, certainly isn't a bluff. Administration officials have offered no details about the president's intentions, and border control officials have received no instructions to prepare for a shutdown. Mexican officials have tried to avoid inflaming the situation, offering no public comment since Friday when President Andres Manuel López Obrador said the Mexicans will, quote, collaborate with the Trump administration. We want to have a good relationship with the government of the United States, he said. We're not going to argue about these issues. This is causing domestic problems for him in Mexico City. Mulvaney on Sunday also defended Trump's order to cut off $500 million in U.S. assistance to Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador, including programs meant to curb poverty and violence in the three Central American nations. One former senior U.S. official tells us that there was chaos inside the State Department and U.S. embassies this weekend, as officials tried to figure out whether they had to cancel existing contracts or simply not renew them. Aid groups and veteran diplomats say that Trump's actions are short-sighted, and will almost certainly boomerang by shrinking or eliminating some of the very programs that are keeping would-be migrants in Central America. If the U.S. programs are cut off, conditions in a place like El Salvador will almost certainly worsen, prompting more people to flee toward the United States and seek asylum. And on Capitol Hill, Democrats are fuming over Trump's decision to cut the aid. Representative Joaquin Castro, Democrat from Texas, the chairman of the Congressional Hispanic Caucus, says Trump is inflaming the humanitarian crisis in the three Northern Triangle countries and at the border. Pat Leahy, the top Democrat on the Senate Appropriations Committee, says this foreign policy by tweet is dangerous and demonstrates Trump's ignorance. Leahy's office, which oversees the funding, has demanded that the State Department immediately produce a detailed explanation of what it plans to cut and whether there will be exceptions. Finally, Pope Francis issued yet another public rebuke of Trump on immigration. Flying aboard the papal plane, he told reporters that leaders who close borders will, quote, become prisoners of the walls that they build. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar this April Fool's Day. Number one. Joe Biden defended himself in a Sunday morning statement after a Nevada Democrat accused him of unwanted touching in 2014. He says he doesn't believe he behaved inappropriately. Lucy Flores, a former assemblywoman who was Nevada's 2014 Democratic nominee for lieutenant governor, said the former vice president touched and kissed her without her consent before a rally to support her campaign. She said the experience mortified, 
embarrassed, and confused her. Biden responded by saying that during his years in public life, he has offered, quote, countless handshakes, hugs, expressions of affection, support, and comfort, and not once, never, did I believe I acted inappropriately. If it is suggested I did so, I will listen respectfully, but it was never my intention. In response to this, Flores said she is glad he's willing to listen, but that she finds it concerning that he doesn't think he's ever acted inappropriately. On CNN, she said there's a disconnect and that she wants him to acknowledge what he allegedly did to her was wrong. Flores's accusation has brought increased scrutiny to Biden's affectionate and sometimes physical style with women. There are countless photos online that show Biden uncomfortably close to women, with his hands on their shoulders or around their torsos as he whispers in their ears. In the past, these were often portrayed as harmless and sometimes entertaining, a sign of Uncle Joe being Uncle Joe. But in the Me Too era, they've become something much more sinister. Some people close to Biden acknowledge that he has a long history of being affectionate. Defenders argue that Biden's intentions are innocent, even when his behavior seems problematic. On Saturday, people linked to Biden's presidential campaign in waiting circulated testimonials from women who used to work for him. We're told this will not affect his plans to announce for president later in the month. Number two, Virginia's executive branch remains in a strange state of stasis as all three men in charge begin to step out of the national scrutiny they faced after a month of scandals. February was bad for all three statewide elected officials in Richmond. Governor Ralph Northam has begun doing something normal for most politicians, but risky for him, appearing in public and taking questions from reporters. Northam dismissed his outside crisis management team when its two-week contract expired, and with increasing confidence, he's begun exercising the power of his office again. Northam isn't going away, and neither is Lieutenant Governor Justin Fairfax, another Democrat who denies two separate allegations of sexual assault. Nor is Attorney General Mark Herring going away. That Democrat admitted wearing blackface during his college days. But the state and the nation are being reminded of the accusations against Fairfax by CBS, which today and tomorrow is airing a pair of interviews that Gail King conducted with both of his accusers. Fairfax's office just announced, before the interviews aired, that the lieutenant governor passed two polygraph tests that they say show he's been truthful in denying that the assaults happened or saying that they were consensual. The tests were administered on Friday by a retired FBI polygraph expert, according to Fairfax's lawyer. Number three, Volodymyr Zelensky, a comedian and actor, came out very strongly ahead in the first round of the Ukrainian presidential election on Sunday. Zelensky led the large field with close to one third of the vote. There were like 40 candidates. President Petro Poroshenko, the incumbent, was in distant second place. Former President Yulia Timoshenko was close behind him, and it appears that she and Poroshenko will be vying for runner-up in the runoff as results come in. Zelensky's strong showing reflects widespread disappointment over what many see as a lack of tangible change in the country after a pro-Western revolution five years ago. If he wins the runoff, the untested Zelensky will face challenges ranging from navigating economic doldrums to negotiating with Russian President Vladimir Putin. Zelensky has burrowed into a deep vein of discontent over corruption and the unresolved war in the country's east with Russian forces and Kremlin-backed rebels. Meanwhile, in Slovakia, liberal environmentalist and political newcomer Zuzana Kapitova was elected as the country's first female president. Kapitova got 58% of the vote in a runoff, beating the European Commission's vice president. 
Only 45, she has little experience in politics, but attracted voters who are appalled by corruption in the major parties. She only recently became the vice chairman of a party called Progressive Slovakia, which is so new it has never had a chance to run in parliamentary elections. Kapitova resigned from her party post after winning the first round of the presidential vote two weeks ago. A lawyer by profession, Kapitova became known for leading a successful fight against a toxic waste dump in her hometown. Her rapid rise in a very conservative, heavily Roman Catholic country is remarkable for several reasons. Among them, she's divorced and raising two kids right now as a working single mom. She's in favor of gay rights, and she opposes a ban on abortion. And that's The Daily 202 for Monday, April 1st. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you.